G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Well, as the whole world goes through a time of readjustment with the rise of Islam and the rise of terrorism, church leaders are often perplexed as to how they handle these issues, which way to go, how do they behave in relationship with other faiths around the world. And one of those issues, of course, comes to what the Pope has done in recent days in the way that he is communicating and befriending those Islamic leaders. Bill Muhlenberg's been writing about that and one of his latest articles on Catholicism and Islam. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Well, Bill, this is uh, an interesting one because when we talk about Christianity, oftentimes we draw a divide and we say there are Catholics and there are Protestants. And if we're thinking historically, the historical lineage of the church goes back through the Catholic church line, at least since times before the Reformation. And so we have the formation of Protestantism and you have Catholicism and Catholicism and Protestantism don't always see eye to eye. Now, the Pope has appeared in a mosque and alongside uh, Islamic leaders. What are your thoughts on how Christian leaders respond uh, and the way that relationships are formed between faith movements around the world? Yeah, well, it's a big, uh, complex topic, as you can imagine, and uh, obviously different uh, groups will have different ways. There's some, I think, are less than helpful. I mean, there's what's known as uh, Chrislam, the whole Chrislam movement, the idea we can fuse Christianity and Islam. I think that's doomed to failure. Uh, a bit less radical, but sometimes problematic. There's the various interfaith dialogue sessions that we find where people get together and chat, which is, oh, well, chatting is better than throwing bombs at each other, but uh, how far that can go is another question. So, yeah, we've had the Pope recently, oh, well, doing different things, going into mosques, praying there uh, with Muslim leaders, saying that we're brothers and sisters and so on. Um, obviously, I'm a Protestant, but even some Catholics were uh, a bit concerned about that one and some of the other things he said over the last year or so. Um, you know, how far can we go and reaching out to so-called uh, moderate Muslims and yet maintain the Christian distinctive. So, yeah, there's issues there that arise and uh, some disagreements that may come up as well. So, Bill, how do we frame uh, from, as you say, and I'm a Protestant too, but as we look at the situation and formation of relationship between the Catholics 
and the Muslims. How do you think we ought to look at that biblically? Mm. Well, there's, as you may imagine, uh, differences within even the Catholic Church itself on this issue. Some that are very much aware of the threat of Islam and how we do not worship the same God. You know, we're not uh, all part of the same happy religious family. Sadly, some of the key Catholic documents really don't say too much about Islam. For example, the Catholic Catechism only has one very small paragraph in the whole volume on Islam, and that is not very definitive by any means. So there are some Catholics, and one I quote especially in my recent piece, who are very much aware of the threat of Islam, that it's, uh, you know, ideology that really is uh, opposed to everything that we believe in, our way of life, freedom, democracy, and so on, and also aware that, no, these are not two compatible religious systems, but actually quite uh, radically different. So, um, you know, I'm very pleased with some of those Catholic writers and thinkers who are aware of this, and I think they need to be heard a bit more in their own uh, community than uh, perhaps some of the other voices. Of course, if we look historically, Bill, uh, over the centuries, we're talking about 1,400 years of history Mm. here, there has been war between Mm. Christians and Muslims. And when we talk about Christians, we're talking in the context of Catholic Christians. Uh, Mm -hmm. Catholics perhaps know uh, if they think historically uh, more than others just what sort of threat Islam does pose, as we can see from history. Yeah, well, that's right. And it's not just, of course, the Catholic Protestant. We have the third grouping, major group, uh, the Orthodox, who also comprise Christendom, and all three have known, uh, well, at first-hand experience, sadly, what it is to be under the sword of Islam. Uh, how many millions of Christians of various stripes have been killed over the centuries, enslaved, become dimmies or second-class citizens, uh, These are very real issues that we have to deal with. So, uh, again, as some of the writers I quote in my new article state, um, this idea that we can somehow just magically take out some of the violent bits of uh, Islam, some of the misogynist bits, some of the anti-freedom, anti-this, anti-that, well, what you're really doing is taking about the very heart and soul of Islam. In fact, one of the writers talks about this is in the very DNA of Islam itself. So when people like Tony Abbott has just come out the other day saying we need to talk about a reformation in Islam, uh, well, I think that's right. But the question is, can that in fact happen? Can you reform Islam so much that all the really nasty bits, of which there's many, not just the killing, the forced conversion, the hatred of the Jews and the infidels, you know, the idea of four wives, female genital mutilation, on and on and on it goes. Can that, in fact, all be taken out of Islam? And would you still have anything that resembles Islam when you've done that? So, uh, you know, that's another whole debate we have to have. But, uh, again, this idea of a kind of an interfaith dialogue where we all just happily get along and pretend we don't have any differences when we do, uh, that's certainly not the answer. Jesus is the Son of God, according to Christian faith. Uh, In Islam, the idea that God should have a son is blasphemous. So, sorry, you can't have both. You have to pick one or the other, but you certainly can't have both.
Well, Bill, we understand Reformation in a Christian sense mm. as mm. the pursuit of truth. Mm. How do you think the Reformation of Islam would mm. be able to tackle an issue like what is truth? Mm. Well, that highlights really the, the very real difference between the two. When we talk about reforming Christianity, we're saying, you know, the faith has gotten off the rails somewhere along the line. It's lost its core distinctives, its core teachings. We need to get back to where Jesus was in the early church. That, for us, would be Reformation, and that's a very desirable thing. But as I say in my new piece, when we speak about Reformation in Islam, well, if we talk about going back to their sources, the Quran, the Hadith, if we go back to their perfect motto or example, Muhammad, well, he was a warlord. He was a polygamist. He did have uh, a brides at nine years of age. He did kill the Jews. He did take part in a hundred military campaigns. <laughs> so to speak about reforming Islam really means going back to that very... Uh, hostile, violent, and bloody Islam that uh, now some modern Muslims are saying we need to move away from. So this is where the real problem is. Islam claims to be the perfect revelation of God, the perfect religion. So obviously if you're perfect, you have no need of reformation. So when Tony Abbott rightly says we got to do something here, uh, the question is can we do it? If we go back to the roots of Islam, it gets worse. It doesn't get better. So this is a real big issue that not just Muslims, uh, modern Muslims who don't like jihad and violence have to ask themselves, but Christian leaders, how far can we go as we talk about uh, reforming Islam? And of course, Christian leaders, they're walking a very tenuous path too, aren't they? And uh, trying to put right feet in front of left feet and uh, take good steps forward. And for a lot of people who would look to the Pope, uh, mm. some would say he is the biggest Christian leader. And mm. the fact that he's Catholic, uh, that really is still some reflection of all Christianity. Uh, there is a sense here, isn't there, that as believers, as we might be uh, going about our daily lives, we need to be keeping our church leaders uh, in mm. our prayers for yeah. God's wisdom in all of the things that they do, including the Pope. Mm, well, absolutely. As we said, we're obviously evangelicals. We have big theological differences with our Catholic friends, and uh, however, I do have many Catholic friends, and I work together with them often on, say, the life issues or marriage and family issues. But as I've mentioned, the Pope has done and said some things recently that have been a bit of concern, not just to people like me, uh, but quite a few Catholics themselves are kind of scratching their heads and saying, wait a minute, what are you doing? What are you saying? So, of course, they distinguish between, you know, those which are infallible pronouncements and those which are not. Uh, of course, as a Protestant, I, you know, I think the only thing that's infallible is the Word of God. So we differ there, but... Even with that distinction in mind, there's a lot of Catholics who are kind of wondering where Pope Francis is going with all this. So as you say, at the very least, we've got to keep him in prayer. We've got to pray for all of our Christian leaders. Uh, they can't avoid the issues of Islam and jihad. They certainly can't pretend this is not there. So how we respond and how we do it wisely and biblically, that's, uh, that's the real key here. Well, as you say, Islam is not the same as Christianity, and there are very real differences, and those things 
it should be obvious to every listener, but I'm sure there are those who will want to read your latest article, Bill. It's called On Catholicism and Islam. And so I'll point people to the Culture Watch website. Simply Google Culture Watch or Bill Muhlenberg and you'll be able to find that article on Catholicism and Islam. Bill Muhlenberg, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Many thanks indeed. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.